Welcome to MarTech Interviews. On this week's MarTech, we have Susan Marshall. She is the CEO and founder of Torchlight. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. I come downstairs and I overhear my, my mum and dad talking in our native Farsi that, you know, potentially we might lose our, our, our last shop and we've always had stores growing up. I guess I was just in my own little bubble enjoying my, my job in music and I didn't really realise that potentially our, our house was on the line. We both knew something had to change. I genuinely firmly believed in the digital process, in, in getting our garments seen online. I knew we needed help and I knew we needed a platform to help get our content seen and our message heard. The first campaign that we engaged with AdRoll returned 27 times the ROI. I can turn back and say to Dad, look, look what we've accomplished. To learn more about how Nav Salimian turned his family business into a global retail brand, visit adroll.com slash martech. That's A-D-R-O-L-L dot com slash martech. Hey, welcome out back, everybody. Uh, wow, another guest in-house. This yeah. is awesome. Uh, Ryan Grimes is with us, of course, from IIT Indy. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, and Susan, hi. Hello. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a Ages, year. Ages, I know. Too it's, long. It's probably my fault. I've been over to your place a couple times. Though. You have. Yeah. And you're welcome anytime. Awesome. Yes. Uh, Susan's got an incredible company, Torchlight, over on Mass Avenue. Uh, if you're in Indianapolis, in a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. building. Yeah. Now it's probably fully renovated now, right? Fully the renovated. They built a whole new building next door. They put Hedgerow in there. Right. So we have a great restaurant by Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother, really? which is super good. Wow. So come visit for the food and come visit us at Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a good, day, <laughs> good time to have it. Yeah. Wow. That, Lots of bars. Yeah, and is Industrious over there too? Yep, they have yeah. the... I guess they have the whole building right next door. Gershman's are at the top. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's almost full. They're filling up pretty quickly sort of over there. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, I think, a high-end co-working facility. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Great bathrooms with all yeah. the amenities and soaps and Mass stuff. Mass Avenue is changing big I know, time. I know. So, so, so way back, take me way back 10 years ago in Indianapolis, 15 years ago? 15, more than 15 years ago, I, was, I worked at the Star. Was it down there? Well, it... the front page was all the way at the end of oh, yes, yeah. and that was my old, my old stomping ground. Was we would yeah. get mad at our work at the Star, cross the street to the front page, have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. But Mass Avenue, uh, for people that are out of town listening, is just, uh, I, I'd say probably the most cultural kind mm -hmm. of piece of downtown Indianapolis. I think so. Yeah. Really diverse as yeah. far as restaurants, businesses, mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. We have some great murals yeah. up on the walls. And now Bottle Works is uh -huh. going to go in at the end of the street, yep. which is, yep. I, I absolutely am so glad that they're going to use the existing Coca-Cola plant, mm -hmm. you know, designs and everything. That place is incredible. Yeah, so. yeah, it's hopping. So I leave at five, and that seems when everybody's showing up for all the restaurants yeah. and bars and, <laughs> yeah. and music and fun stuff. Yeah, so people are just waiting. And on your scooters are all over. All the scooters oh, yeah. going. Scooters they're, are they're back. back. Now, right? They're back. Oh, they're yeah. back again. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. We're happening. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mass Avenue is, uh, I remember, you know, years ago it was Broad Ripple was the big mm -hmm. thing, but Mass Avenue is really, really yeah. just an incredible, mm -hmm. I mean, you can walk a block and there's, you know, a doggy bakery, walk another block, what is it? There's a meatball place over uh -huh. there. There's, I mean, it's yeah. jewelry shops yeah. and a couple bars, restaurants. There's like a whole variety of food you can yeah. get there. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Public art. Comedy clubs. Comedy clubs. Hmm? Yep. <laughs> So so welcome to visit Indy on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What are we doing here? We what are we talking about? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start. So Susan, you're not a Hoosier, are no, you? No, I am. I was born and raised here. You were? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, but okay. I got married young, 22, uh -huh. and moved out to California and started working in tech. Okay. So I was out there most of my adult life working in Adobe and Apple and right. um, mostly in product and product management and product marketing. Yeah. So I got to work on Final Cut Pro was my product. It's a video editing application. Absolutely. So that was fun trying to take over Avid, which was a product that you could, you'd have to go rent that to edit any of your films or videos. And that was expensive. Yeah. To, um, and then so we were, we developed it for the desktop um, Final Cut Pro. And then I was the Flash product manager. Wow. In Dreamweaver. So some, you know, sort of oh, date date me a little bit. I know, I know. Yeah, so those right. were cool times. That that is incredible yeah. times. Well, Final Cut Pro is now the the yeah. you know, product. I don't know anybody that really uses Avid. Different. Well, yeah. Back yeah. in the day when you were doing it, you needed Xan and For sure. dedicated hardware. We did, yeah, video cards. Fiber controllers. Yeah. All that we stuff. had a couple of clients here using it that we had a full gear set up and they don't use any of that stuff anymore. It's all yeah. desktop based. Yeah. yeah. But how cool is it, you know, uh, your experience at Apple, Apple. And, mm -hmm. and Adobe? Yeah, it was really, really great. And um, I learned a ton and um, I thought I would just come back to Indianapolis and do family stuff for a while and then go back in order to work in technology. But then I found Exact Target. Yeah. And um, that's when I started learning, obviously, about marketing technology and a SaaS model, you yeah. know, because we hadn't sold software that way before. I mean, right. when I started, we were still burning discs, you know, and putting <laughs> right, yeah. them in boxes and right. shipping them off. So um, I've seen quite an evolution in how people build, buy, and sell software. That's incredible. Um, well, Indianapolis is lucky to have you back oh, with thanks. that kind of experience. That's that's absolutely incredible. And um, and Torchlight uh, for people, I'll try to explain it. Okay. How's okay. Um, so I think the 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 working market now is almost every company has subcontractors, freelancers that are that are doing stuff for them. But it's it gets difficult because you don't have a central repository basically to communicate with them, track them, right. everything else. And so that's right. That's Torchlight. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So I started Torchlight because I was at Exact Target and Salesforce had acquired us. And um, I spent a lot of time on the road talking to marketers and they would say, hey, Susan, we bought um, Email Studio, Journey Builder, one of these great products, but we can't find the people to help us get the work done. Yeah. So as we know, marketing has gotten so technical and it's kind of hard to find those resources. And um, so I figured let's build a platform that would enable them to not only find these resources, but more easily manage them along with their other freelancers. So that's yeah. what we've built. We've built a network of highly technical digital marketers and then a platform for accessing and managing them. And, and finding them too. And finding right? them, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, so the good thing is like in that case, you could put Journey Builder yep. and and then get a list of freelancers that are basically specialized with that. Yep. 
Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. How many how many freelancers are you up to now? We have over 300 freelancers. Wow. Um, we've started to specialize, though, in the ones that um, are really difficult to find. They're technical architects um, who are certified, multiple certifications on marketing cloud, um, folks who know SQL and AMP script and who can stand up um, marketing cloud. We are also getting more requests for um, Adobe's marketing cloud. Yeah. Um, but then alongside that, um, they need people that can um, optimize the campaigns ongoing. So um, do a lot of multivariate and A-B testing and those kinds of things. So oh, that's awesome. Wow. And <laughs> ha how, how many years now, Torchlight? Oh, three years now. Congratulations. Thanks. Holy cow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. We're doing great, and um, the platform has advanced quite a bit. We have gone through a few few iterations and realized the value in our platform is not only finding and accessing them, but because more and more businesses and large enterprises rely so much on independent contractors, they don't have a good way to centralize all of those right. people and uh, you know consolidate payment and track capacity and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah. That you know, we we're seeing that more and more companies realize that in order to really compete and digitally transform their businesses, they have to have these flexible resources. But managing them, they have them in like Google spreadsheets, yeah. and they have them all over the place. And you know, paying them is a pain, and the freelancers don't get paid on time, and right. so they go away. And so, so they need a place to centralize all that. Well, and I was I was at a large. I, won't, <laughs> I don't even think I can say the industry. I was at a very large company in town. Uh, just yesterday and they were talking about how one of their biggest problems is, is that they're so spread out they're international that they have tools and people that are specialized that work on their equipment uh, or on on their marketing platforms um, but these people over here don't even know that they have the resources and uh, go hire another agent right. and go hire and then they don't hear about it for months <laughs> and then they start looking at the marketing budget and they're like wait what, what is this money for oh yeah and so they have you know they might have 10 different divisions hiring 10 different people that are doing the same thing doing the same thing and so yeah. by centralizing that that's the other advantage for a company mm -hmm. right is now I can see where my money is being spent and what exactly. initiatives. Yeah. Exactly. And just think of, so I used to be, you know, an internal stakeholder who relied on the internal agency in order to get work done at Apple. So I worked on Final Cut Pro. So yeah. we weren't selling the hardware or the OS. So we didn't have as much of the budget or as many accesses to resource. But I still had to market my product and go to events and stuff. And um, if I could have just gone to a product and searched and said, what freelancers has Apple approved for me to work on because all of the internal resources are already tied up. That would have helped yeah. me quite a bit. So this is a way of extending in a, mar a marketing team to, yeah. to help the rest of the organization. Absolutely. Oh, just so you want, just so you know, um, they're just starting to do something like that now. Yeah. With outsourcing, they're with the, through their consultants network. It's taken them 15, yeah. 20 years, but <laughs> yeah. they're starting it. We're yeah. seeing the results of it. Or we're seeing the, the footsteps leading to the results. Right, so right. So maybe it's another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Torchlight in there. I know. Maybe I'll use get some of my there, contacts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, one, uh, so you're, uh, I'm just going to say it because uh, I, I always say things blatant. Um, one of the few female CEOs in town in tech. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, 
are we changing? Are we are we moving in the right direction there? You or know, are we still I, I think struggling? so. Okay. I think so. Um, I, you know, I have a unique perspective. Um, this is my first, you know, tech startup. So yeah. um, I felt like I could get access to capital. I had a good network of people who believed in me and hmm. supported me. Um, and I know that there's a lot of investors out there that are looking for a great idea. So I just, I think it's up to women to learn how to make the best case yeah. for their business and put together the financial model that makes sense because boy, there's a lot of money out there and they're looking for good ideas. So it's just, big, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. so I do think we're moving in the right direction, but I think it's also up to us as women to put ourselves out there more and right. make sure that we are telling the story that investors are looking to hear it's it's funny you say that because i was just talking to somebody on the podcast or we we're doing a pre-show uh where we we're discussing what we we're going to be on the podcast and um and it's a lady who uh, she consults startups out in california and um and i was asking her about you know what's what's the environment like and we were laughing because the environment is literally uh, so i'm on the podcast side i would say 90% of the requests that I get to be on the podcast on MarTech are males. Huh. And only 10% females. Really? Whereas, if you reverse that and say, okay, in my history working in marketing, what percentage... 90% women. Uh, I mean... Almost every boss that I had was yeah. female, and, and almost every leader that I worked for or with was female. And it's very bizarre to me that a woman-dominated industry doesn't have women dominated publicity yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah um, and and so I, i'm still scratching my head i don't i don't understand why that is it's probably just because men are jerks and we're <laughs> trying to get the spotlight <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is bizarre well that know? women aren't typically i don't know you don't not as self-promoting i don't know i don't yeah, know i don't, I don't want to make any i don't know i don't i don't know what it is i i, I it's just so i try to change it you know so every time i see a a female name getting pitched to me. I'm like, sure. oh, wow, look at that well, history. You. Yes, <laughs> you know, come on, you yeah. know, and then the guys, I'm just like, yeah, forget oh, yeah, it, you know. Oh, yeah, plenty of you. But, but, uh, but and, and I, I feel like in, in Indianapolis, though, I, I feel like we're still struggling, probably not on purpose, but it started as a male-dominated city here, software artistry yeah. made to manage, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Exact Target was all men, you yeah. know, started that. And so I, I think it's just going to take a, a genuine effort, you know, to say, geez, let's, how are we going to even this up here? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. um, so it was refreshing, obviously, when you, when you launched Torchlight, it was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and Jenny Vance, of course, is a good, sure. you know, female entrepreneur. She's great. Haley uh, Doxley. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Haley Doxley. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then, uh, and then um, Danielle McDowell, yep. you know, so. Um, I just want to see, I just want to see, because I think even with my own business, Jen, Jen Lisak was my partner for, you know, geez, five years, six years. It just made the business run so much better having that, mm -hmm. you know, that yin and yang, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think you need that from a city standpoint too, mm -hmm. you know? I, so, I agree. I think yeah. diversity is, is really important across uh, all different areas, not just yeah. male, female, but yeah. Um, because your audience, you know, who you're selling to and your customers are, are more diverse too. So I right. think it gives you a better perspective and what your customers want. Yeah. When your organization is more diverse. 
it's better for the business. Well, yeah, my family's from up in the Chicago area, and we'll go hang out with my in-laws, and we'll go somewhere, and we'll hear five or six different languages being spoken at the same grocery store. I mean, that's people in Indianapolis don't really stand diversity at that level. Yeah. Uh, we're getting there. It's yeah. you know, it's a slow process. You know, you and I were joking at uh, whatever the awards thing we we're at, like. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I joke there. <laughs> <laughs> the diversity was, you know, just men and women. And it was, you know, the same, yeah. you know, there was not a whole lot of uh, ethnic diversity in that audience. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's not Indianapolis. We know it's not Indianapolis. Like that's there's... right. We have one of the, one of the top Midwest Hispanic populations. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. African-American Burmese, like the yeah. highest yeah, Burmese, Burmese population yeah. outside of Burma is in yeah. Indiana. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know nobody knows that. But their pockets, yeah, they, you know, right. they don't, nobody talks to each other. So yeah, yeah so yeah. It, it, there's so much here that we're not seeing. I mean, mm -hmm. we see the same things over and over again. But that's not those are the people that are grabbing the headlines, not necessarily the people that are doing all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we started out with how great indie was. <laughs> yeah, now no, we just dumped on indie. <laughs> well, no, it's not no, dumping on it. It's just that there's more yeah. there that people aren't noticing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I and think it's, it's changing. A, it's our responsibility to change. That's that, why we're right? doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I cheered when Jen started her own business. I was yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very cool. So, okay. Bringing back to, to uh, Torchlight, how is, I mean, subcontractors are sometimes, we, we have a, a fair amount of subs ourselves. How are they, how are you mm -hmm. grabbing the fish that's swimming around or, you know, yeah. in, in the stream to, you know, sometimes they're harder to pin down than employees, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the trade-off. Well, I think it's really important to set expectations up front clearly. So um, just like any good manager setting goals and timelines and expectations, both what you want from the freelancer, but what they should expect from you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important on the onset. Um, clearly, we believe having a platform or a technology for managing that engagement is also yeah. important yeah. because you have freelancers oftentimes and different time zones mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they're not physically with you. And um, part of working with the freelancers is that they get to work on their own time and their own equipment and everything. And so you need a place for them to uh, check in and, you yeah. know, check work. Mm -hmm. And so I think having a platform is important. Um, Communication, yeah, asset yeah. library, project, you know, description. All of that stuff of is, that stuff, is really, yeah. really critical. Um, and then we, we actually see um, teams coming together in order to complete campaigns where we'll have a freelancer in New York who's doing the writing and then we have somebody who's actually um, you know maybe doing the development in Florida yeah and so we need a, a workspace within our platform for them to collaborate too in order to get the work done that's so, awesome that's yeah. very cool yeah it is it's it's, neat. it's, it's it, you know it's funny because I, I have different clients in different platforms mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, so oh, yeah. I'm I'm working on one platform, and then they want me to work in another platform, and then that yeah. person wants me to work in another platform, right? And I'm just like cussing these platforms all day because they're yep. all different. Yes, and so know? ours is we're taking a um, an integration strategy. Nice. So just assuming people freelancers already have the project management application they want to yeah. use, whether it's Asana or Trello or Workfront or Rike or name yeah. one of millions, um, and then they also may have a different application for time tracking. So an integration with Harvest or Timely. Nice. So, and really w our platform is where you go and, <clears throat> and where a freelancer creates a profile and where you can search and access those people and then manage that engagement. 
but then the actual project is managing their project management tool, time tracking and so on. Nice. So. And then uh, from the Torchlight side, so are, are you pure software? Or software and is there any is there a service layer that Torchlight we are provides we are software well? platform for managing the engagement but then we also have services but those services aren't like an agency so we don't have anybody who's actually executing, executing campaigns yeah. our services around uh, recruiting vetting um, you know sort of categorizing the, the freelancers and then placing them nice. with you so um, you know I'm I'm Lily and I, I need three Salesforce Marketing Cloud experts who have worked in the pharmaceutical industry before. Yeah. And so we, our service is finding those people, making sure they are indeed certified, and then getting them in the platform so that the Lily team can access nice. them really easily. Nice. So it's different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we started off as you know selling services like an agency right. to figure out what the platform should be and better understand the agency yeah. world. Um, but we've sent long since moved away from actually any kind of services delivery. That's and even if the freelancers good, good are, yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. How'd, you, how'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. None of us are agency people. So yeah. we're software people yeah. and recruiters really. Right. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Very cool. Uh-huh. So, um, so, so then if I'm a, if I'm a company and I need a specialty, even if it's not, currently in Torchlight, you guys will go, we'll go do park. that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. And then we, we put a customer success manager. So if they, you know, if whatever reason, if it doesn't work out, it usually does that we yeah. can kind of swap them out and find other people. And the other thing too, large enterprises are, you know, they have to be really careful around being compliant with mm-hmm. a 1099 workforce and not treating them like an employee. Right. So having them track that engagement in our software protects them from any kind of audits yeah <laughs> no that's that's really yeah. good I, I i was working with a company not too long ago who was uh they were subcontracting their pay-per-click services and had office hours for them nope Ooh. right you can't do that yeah, and so yeah. the irs came and said okay well here's bad, three bad. years of back i know you know taxes that you owe yeah on them. yeah no question and just right yeah i mean companies have to be really careful yeah you you do have to be really careful well that's that's awesome so so uh here's the tough questions now so do you guys wind up firing subcontractors or freelancers out of your system yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was easy (laughs) yeah i you know i think that i mean there's what they i read a study like over 50 percent of the workforce will be independent contractors by 2020 and um, you know, and more and more companies are, are using them. So there are lots of people out there who claim to be experts in different areas of marketing. Right. And so the tough part is really vetting them and finding the right ones. And yeah. so we, we keep detailed sort of records on performance and, uh, and, and they also uh, update their profiles and their certifications and things. But That's incredible. Yeah. So you're like you're like the union leader, like the yeah. the old days where the union boss maybe used to basically keep track of all the workers and make sure they were doing everything right and yeah. report that to management. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, we're also very friendly to freelancers. Yeah. We, we love our freelancers. It's not a swipe mean. left if you want to use this for swipe right if you don't want to use this developer. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't mean it in a negative way. I mean it in yeah. a positive. But we way. also want to make sure that the freelancers get paid 
that yes. mm-hmm. they deserve oh, yeah, to get paid. And oftentimes we find them. Uh, hey, you joke about that, but no, 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 I was here. telling someone that my greatest surprise at starting my own business was how many people just don't pay their bills. Right. Uh, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, especially B2B. Sometimes people just go, yeah, I'm not paying that. Right. Wait, wait. Right. And if they're a big company and <laughs> yeah. you're a little freelancer, right. you don't have a lot of... Uh, We're going to pay you net 90. Uh, suck it up. Oh, that, that's <laughs> yeah. fun. That's oh. always fun, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's that's got to be a big yeah. relief for your freelancers yeah. that they don't have to worry about that. So we think of ourselves as a two-sided marketplace. So right. our, our freelancers are our customers as much as the, the clients are. Because we, we want to have the best possible freelancers in our network. So we want to make sure they get paid what they deserve to get paid. Yeah. So, and paid on time. So if, if a company comes to you, just out of curiosity, what's the average size of a team you put together for them? Like, what would it include? It typically is, um, I call it, it's sort of a technical slash creative team. We do a lot with email and marketing automation. Mm-hmm. So there's usually a developer uh, type who's trying to figure out how do I pull data out of a CRM and get it into the email solution, the email service provider. And then there's somebody who's doing the writing, um, somebody who's doing design. So it's a combination of a, it's almost like building a website when you're mm. building a, yeah. an you email. Yeah, all those different pieces mm-hmm. to put yeah. together. Yeah, okay. so two to three people typically okay. on a little team. And, and would a company for you to go out and find those resources, do they have to sign, you know, like a minimum engagement? Mm-hmm. So know, that's another you? benefit of being a freelancer is that we go out and we sell six to 12 month contracts. Nice of recurring with um, a minimum billable hours per month for so that the freelancer is, you know, because they're essentially taking themselves out of the market saying, right. I'm going to be available to you and on demand. So they need if even if they don't use all those hours, there's they're not working, they're available to you. So they, they need to be paid. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you 10 years ago when I started <laughs> my business? No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you need age. It's like we're your agent. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and because we work with so many different freelancers, we know well, what the rates are and we know well, what you should I be paid and say that, right? what your rights are yeah. as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. Like when you first start, you don't know any of it. You don't know what to bill. You don't know, mm-hmm. you know, how to bill. You mm-hmm. don't know any of that stuff. So you're taking out a huge headache there. For, yeah. Yeah. For and, people. and a lot of freelancers really just want to hone in on their craft. I'm a really great writer. I'm a really mm-hmm. good developer. And they want to do that. They don't want to do the biz dev. They don't want to do the invoicing. They don't want to deal with tracking down mm-hmm. payment collections and collections. And, and so we take that away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your AR? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that's incredible um lessons learned in three years of doing this like working with freelancers you know what i'm what i'm curious about is you know it sounds like you've got key companies you know major companies that are using your platform so that's a relief right yeah because it used to be oh we'll just hire people you know we'll do that internal and a lot of times i always tell people one of the advantages of a freelancer is that you get someone that they don't have to worry about office politics they don't have to worry about the traffic they don't have to worry about all they have to worry about is getting that job done right that's all they have to worry about and i'm always surprised at companies that you know are resistant you know to to outside assistance right and sometimes it's even employees yeah that are you know why are they spending money on a subcontractor gotcha. you know i could be doing that cool project yeah or whatever, you know yeah um are you seeing that that 
culture kind of change? I am. Awesome. I've seen that quite a bit. And um, a lot of it has to do with um, a dissatisfaction with some of these huge agencies that, um, you know, that charge a lot, but you're not really sure where the money is going. Yeah. Um, and there are other people within the organization that don't have access to those agency resources. So finding um, freelancers that can do the same quality of work faster that feel like an extension of your team, not like this big sort of monolithic thing that's hard yeah. to access. You're not is, paying for the bureaucracy. And, right, right, and all the overhead yeah. and all that. And, and the award submissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and freelancers, you know, they tend to, um, you know, they have an incentive to continually hone their craft and right. get more certifications. And so they're usually really up to speed on the latest digital technologies and whatever their specialty is. So I That's think awesome. businesses are starting to see that um, as so, well. Uh, tactically, so, so if, you're, if you're a business looking for, can you just go to Torchlight and look for freelancers right now? Or do you, Not if I'm yet. a business, so I should talk to you? You could talk to talk us to now. In the next release, you'll be able to. We're going to be exposing the profiles of our freelancers, so you'll Fantastic. you'll start to be able to scroll through those yeah. and find people. And if there's not somebody there that you want right now, then we can go find that person. And too. if you're a freelancer specialized in a certain area, you should go there and is there. And a, sign up. And mm -hmm. sign up, and then you're going to get vetted. Through. Yeah, and you're going to get vetted. You'll go through our nice our process of vetting. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So what, what's next for Torchlight? Uh, anything coming around the corner? Yes. So we have some exciting news we'll be announcing in October. Fantastic. So stay tuned for that. Um, we have some big partnerships we'll be announcing. And we'll be recruiting um, additional specialized experts to help support that partnership. So, wow. Yeah. That's good. So that's going to be good. That's good. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Congrats. Yeah. Yes. And I, I mean, I can't imagine. And you've got a great support group too, right? I do. You um, mean my, my team? Yeah. Yeah, I have a fantastic team. Yeah. Um, Scott McCorkle is the CEO of Salesforce Marketing I had, Cloud. I, I got to work with Scott, so yeah. yeah I, I quit on him. You did. <laughs> I don't think he took it personally. Ah. No, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he's he did. Doug who? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. A, he's a great guy. I saw him years. I saw him years later speaking somewhere, and I said I always felt bad, like because once you leave a company, you just yeah, you don't kind of go and back gun, in and yeah. talk you know and i told him i said hey i want you to know yeah <laughs> yeah because he was i i think the thing that i i loved working with scott was one uh he just barreled ahead you know yeah and he figured out a way to get around every problem he just didn't take no for yeah. an answer yeah and it was really working under him was uh you know, it tested your limitations and, and boundaries and everything else. And I, I really respected the fact that, you know, I, I from the day he walked into Exact Target. Yeah. Were you there when he came in? He was there before me. Okay. Yeah. So so you were there after I was then the the I remember the first thing he did was ordered like a million dollars worth of uh, desktops and and multi multi monitor for all of the developers there good like for him. but up yeah. until that day they were really frugal you know mm -hmm. they had hand-me-down systems and everything else and it was like scott walked around and was like what are we doing this yeah. is crazy. are we a product company yeah let's this be is crazy a product for company. productivity and he was like do we have money to do this yep okay do it yeah and that's it great. wasn't any and and he was you know i think um 
you know, one of the people obviously was a great team over there. Their customer service team was incredible at mm -hmm. Exact Target. Their sales team was crazy, you know, um, mm -hmm. successful. But Scott really, really was a key to pushing that place forward. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I feel lucky to be able to work with him today. Yeah, mm -hmm. good, 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 good guy. Yeah, yep. great guy. Um, anybody else? Yeah, lots of people. Um, Jeff Roars is oh, yeah. on my board. He is the CMO of Yext. Uh, yeah. They just went public and just announced a partnership with Amazon. So yeah. they're doing fantastic. We work together at Exact Target. Yeah, he was Jeff's a, VP a great there. guy. He's great. Jeff, Jeff yeah. in fact, Jeff started the week I quit. Oh, did we he? Were, we were friends before that, and he was like, hey, guess what? I'm coming to Exact Target. And I said, <laughs> He was hey, a lawyer what? before I'm, that, I think. I'm yeah. leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no. Oh, so, shoot. Yeah. yeah, he's He's good. in New York now? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. he w was in New York. Okay. Yeah, he, um, I think he, yeah, he is in New York. Yeah. He w used to work, live in Cleveland. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and then Dustin McCormick's my CTO. He was at Exact Target and Teradata. Yeah. He's great. Um, I just hired um, Jim Cutello, who he took his company public. He came from the financial services industry. He was the CEO of, of his company. Wow. So he's running sales and operations. So I have really strong, yeah, that's an incredible strong team. group of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're running one hell of a company, and congratulations. Three years is not a... Nothing to shake a stick at. Thank so, you. Yeah. 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 We we got to almost three million in revenue in less than two years. Wow. So we were, we grew real fast. Congratulations. And yeah, wow. That's awesome. We used that capital to really build out the platform and network and, yep. and that's where we are today. So it's good it's deal. good. Yeah. Awesome. Well thank you for joining the show. Yeah. And uh, in the show notes for everybody listening in the show notes we'll have links to Torchlight, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, where you can get a hold of. So if you're a business, obviously, you know, get a hold of to Torchlight. Um, probably call or email via the That's website. a place. If they go to torchlight.com, there are lots of ways to get okay. in contact with us. Yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and then if you're a freelancer, there's a submission process yep. right there. So. Yeah. And if we'd love to hear from you if you're a great yeah. freelancer and you have a few extra hours per week. And then, uh, and then maybe we can schedule a show in October to hear about this. I big would news love coming. it. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's yes. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me yeah, on absolutely. the show. Appreciate uh, it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you get a chance, rate and review us online. It always helps with uh, us showing up in the search results when people are looking for resources. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.